Welcome to another episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast. My name is Rich, and I'm going to be your host for this evening. It is a special episode. It is, in fact, a book club episode. Even though we said we weren't going to do a book club for January, we decided to do a book club for January because that is how cool we are, and that is how much we like you guys. So you're welcome for us not giving you time to actually play the book club game. Or did you? This month's book club game is, of course, Halo Infinite. You've been waiting for it this entire time. The whole month of December, you've been on the edge of your seat waiting to hear what Matt and I have to say about Halo Infinite. We've only been talking about it for the last like six months. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm At the start of the episode, I'm happy. I'm feeling good. Uh, I cannot guarantee that that's how I'll be feeling at the end of this episode, so right. we'll see well, what happens. I, yes, well, maybe we have to temper your flames a little bit, but... Yeah, so uh, we're going to be going into Halo Infinite. This is kind of like a, you know, if you're new to the book club, um, we will play games throughout a month and we will discuss them. Um, ideally, we'd like to have our audience participate in said book clubs and then we discuss them on the Discord. Um, we'd like to have you there. So if you want to join our Discord, feel free to uh, go to campfiregamingpodcast.com. There we have a link to the Discord and you can join in on the conversation. And uh, take part in our next book club, which is going to be the, it's going to be a weird one. It's going to be kind yeah. of like a two-parter book club. For the first time ever, we're going to be doing two games for this month because they are relatively short. Uh, the, those games are going to be the Stanley Parable and the Beginner's Guide. We're going to be playing both of those one book club for February. So at the end of February, you should join us for that episode. So we're going to be diving in uh, doing a little review, kind of giving our thoughts and opinions on, you know, we're both really big Halo fans, so there, you know, this has a lot of shoes to fill, and it's got a lot to live up to off of the back of Halo Five. Um, so we're going to be going into that. At the end, we're going to be giving um, a little rating. This is something that's a little bit new from our normal uh, book club formula. Um, so let's kick it off. Uh, Halo Infinite. Developed by 343 Industries, released on PC and Xbox December 8th, though technically if you were playing the multiplayer, you might have been playing two weeks prior to that. Um, the price for this game is $60 for just the campaign as the multiplayer is free to play. Uh, something that is also very new to the Halo franchise. Um, so you can get it there or you can get it on our favorite service, Game Pass. Please, oh. Thank you. Um, and that is where... Slow, sorry. Right. No, it's okay. It's new. It's new. We're, we're, we're getting into it. Yeah, we're just getting into it. All right. So, um, with that... First all, up. Uh, without all First the way, up. What? This, this is, I think, the newest game we've ever done a book club for. So, please, yeah. if you don't want any spoilers... Turn this episode off right now and come back after you're done playing the game because we do not hold back. We talk about everything in the game. So major spoilers ahead. You've been warned. Thank so. you. Yes. 
Yes, this is by far one of the newest book club games that we have done, mainly because we have been so unbelievably excited to get our hands on it. Um, as I've mentioned, hey, Matt and I are very, very big Halo fans, and we've been looking forward to this game for, you know, since Halo 5 released, because we were, well, at least I was not a big fan of Halo 5's campaign. Multiplayer was okay, but the campaign was, I think, ubiquitously pretty bad. I think most people very much disliked Halo 5's campaign. <laughs> cool. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the campaign first, get the spoilers out of the way. Then we are going to go into the multiplayer, and then we are going to finalize all of this with um, talking about some of the extra features that are in it, some of the things around Halo Infinite's release, all that sort of stuff, and then we will conclude with a rating. All right. So kick it off. Let's talk about the campaign, Matt. <laughs> what I first want to know, in your opinion, is um, do you think that it's weird and do you agree or disagree on their decision to separate the campaign from the multiplayer and essentially they're treated as like two separate products? So campaign, you're paying $60 or you're funding your Game Pass subscription to just just get the campaign. What are your thoughts on that? As someone who technically did, outside of Game Pass, technically did pay for Halo Infinite, since I got the fancy Halo Infinite Edition Xbox, mm -hmm. it was included in it's an extra 50 bucks for the game. Or it included the game. So I actually did pay for it. I'm not... This is an interesting question. It's great that the, the multiplayer is free to play because it does keep... it. It lets people that potentially wouldn't normally play play and get into the game in the universe. Mm -hmm. uh, and asking $60 for, as we'll get into it, the campaign, way too much money for just a campaign. You know, like this isn't it's early spoilers. This isn't like a, a Doom like quality, Doom Eternal quality first person or, or, or single player campaign, right? So to me, Definitely not worth the sixty dollars they charge for it. So, I, I, as I think will be a reoccurring theme with a lot of my opinions throughout this, is I think there's a lot of good, but it didn't hit the mark kind of situation, right? Right, and um, I think a lot of people would actually agree with that. Um, one of the things, at least for me, um, jumping into the at least from what we were playing with the campaign is that the gameplay on its own merit carries the game so much and i mean that's not a bad thing right is that like one of the things that you want to nail out of the park is the gameplay the and, the 30 seconds of fun is right. there going back to like yeah old bungee adage of like you know they have that sort of formulaic 30 seconds of fun they have they have a very good idea as to how to build like the encounters and the missions and things like that now, the missions themselves are kind of hit and miss. Like, some of them are better than others. Um, but the gameplay on its own, like the gunplay, mm -hmm. interacting with a lot of the AI, you know, the vehicles and things like that, handle wonderfully. It is done. It is masterfully done, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, like, uh, the gunplay, yes. Um, the vehicles need a lot of love. Um, they, they murdered my baby, the scorpion. I was, uh, playing a little bit of the open world last night 
driving around with my tank doing some little side quests and like i get stuck on just i'm like this is a freaking tank you know or like the warthog hits you know some some grunt 10 feet away sneeze and my my warthog starts rolling right Mm. um like the core is there but there's something wonky maybe about the physics or the collision or something like that but um but yeah the gunplay you know grenades uh the the was it rock paper scissors grenades melee and shooting is solid it's phenomenal it's it's it's, and the we'll get into probably more of the gear but adding stuff like the the grapple shot it's like (laughs) i don't it's just so much fun to grapple an enemy and just when you upgrade it slam into them and then you know follow them up with a nice little melee to finish them off it just feels good so right yeah and i think the um the addition of the grapple hook at least helped carry the game even further beyond just the regular halo formula like that grapple hook made the game even more fun on its own by just having it you know like once you get the um once you unlock like the 40 percent cooldown reduction on the grapple hook that shit gets so fun when you're able yep. to actually swing from tree to tree like spider-man just like flying through the map by just grapple hooking it's totally weird and doesn't not super halo-esque but it's fun as hell. And then at the end of the day, I feel like that's what actually it, matters. It's um, I never thought I'd make this comparison. Halo with Anthem, right? Um, Anthem was a terrible game. I'm not going to try to defend it. But one of the mechanics in it that made it kind of playable, um, I think it would have it would have got worse reviews had this mechanic not been in there is the flying. Mm-hmm. The flying was solid in that game. It felt like Iron Man in here. Um, I think if the grapple shot was grapple shot, right? Grapple Mm -hmm. Grapple hook, I think grapple, whatever it was. Um, I think had that not been in this game, the open world aspects would have taken a pretty, you know, harsh uh, reviewers would have been pretty harsh on it because, you know, whenever you're, especially since the vehicles are kind of iffy and, you know, sometimes harder to move around the map in uh you know the grapple shot you just you were able to you know traverse the map so easily and it did feel good so um i think that was one of the uh saving graces of their their design decision to move to an open world kind of area and again we'll kind of dig into that probably here in a little bit yeah i was like let's unpack that a little bit i mean this is i mean the open world thing was something that both you and i leading up to the release of halo were really really skeptical on mainly because we know that you know games that are kind of leaning towards open world tend to be very trend chasey you know it's not very i don't know it's it feels very shoehorned in and doesn't mm-hmm. really add much to the game um what were your thoughts on the open world aspect so they have you know um to kind of go into it a little bit um the halo open world setting is basically broken up into like these little like I don't know, like little sections of islands that are supposed to look very reminiscent of Halo's Halo CE's second level titled Halo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Confusing. Appropriately titled Halo. Um, It's broken up into very like, yeah, like Timberland sort of sections like that. And throughout the map, there's places like these these FOBs, you know, the um, forward Forward operating. Yep, these forward bases. operating bases that you can optionally go to and do things like either, um, you know, assassinate like a high ranking member of the banished or, you know, free a bunch of Marines or something or, you know, find a place where you can unlock like vehicles and equipment and, and all that. And you can get little 
upgrade points and things to upgrade like the grapple shot and your other equipment. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the gist of it. I mean, that's the gist of the open world stuff. And that's how you also get to your single player, like your linear style campaign missions. Yeah. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? So, um, I mean, the first thing is luckily, uh, I know leading up to the game, I was, I was worried it was going to be like gears of wars open world, which mm-hmm. is completely, in my opinion, completely useless. Yeah. Um, this is more on the level of what I would consider an open world, a much smaller one. You know, it's not like some Ubisoft or fallout or something like where it's just a massive area, uh, but they are very large Island chunks of halo mm-hmm. um, that you can play around in. But uh, it, you know, it, 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 it felt a lot of those things that you did, like you were talking about with, you know, saving groups of Marines or taking down, uh, you know, um, high value target stuff. It felt very reminiscent of um, like a ghost recon, you know, or an Ubisoft open world. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that you can tell they borrowed from it. Uh, Again, it's one of those things where even leading up to it, I'm not against open world because I had fun. I had fun in halo. I, I do play some other open world um, games Um, and I had fun playing in the open world of halo here, but it did, it felt a little out of place and it definitely felt very much out of place. Like what was fun about playing ghost recon, even it was very repetitive was I had three other friends to play with the fact that there was no co-op in this campaign. I was like, man, it'd be so cool to take down this banished base with like four of us rolling in with tanks or rocket launchers or, or we, you know, we hijacked these ghosts or banshees and we, t- you know, like, and I'm like, man, that would have been so fun. And it would, you know, but right now there's no co-op in the game. So, mm-hmm. um, again, like to me, this is going to go back to that broken record thing that I'm going to sound like this whole episode is like, there was some good ideas there, but it just, it, it, to me, it just didn't hit the mark. I, yes, I had fun, but it could have been better. Yeah. I mean, so for me, at least just playing through the single player campaign or just playing through it um i don't know what difficulty did you play it on so i actually played this played through the campaign twice uh the first time i just did it on normal because it was before the holidays it came out i was going on a very long vacation i was like i gotta beat this in a couple days and then when i came back i was like oh i, I, I want to play through it refresher um i played it on easy because it's like i want to get through this fast so we can do this episode so i've only ever played it on normal and easy so sure <laughs> i've not done it on heroic or legendary yet yeah, so I did it on, I did it on heroic. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of the stuff in the game felt really easy, even for heroic. Um, yeah, and especially like the few. So I only did like a couple of the FOBs, mainly because I felt like, and maybe I don't know. I don't think I was like playing it wrong, but what I really wanted out of the campaign was a Halo campaign. Yeah, and so what I wanted to do was to get to those. Just- those those it. missions yeah i wanted to see like i wanted to get more of the story because it's been five years since mm-hmm. halo 5's campaign and that's an incredibly big gap in time and i really just wanted to like i wanted to see if this you know how this i guess trilogy was going to end mm-hmm. um so i really did feel like a lot of the open world stuff was more or less just a time sink you know like yep. maybe to add like replayability but We'll get into that i mean like that isn't i mean that's kind of a thing i mean you do have some replayability to it so that you can actually if you're going for like a completionist thing but really i felt like it was more or less a waste of time i um, i agree with you like i 
I play, I'm playing, you know, I finished playing through it a second time again, granted on easy, but I'm sitting there like doing some, I did some of the open world stuff my second time through just so I could get some Spartan cores to upgrade some of my abilities and a couple of the uh, high value targets to get some of the, so when you kill a high value target, you usually get a better version yep. of some weapon. And uh, I really like the skewer upgraded one that uh, you could you could get. And uh, once you kill this high value target, that special weapon, you can request at your an FOB. So, you know, every time I go back to one of those, I can arm myself with this weapon that I like. Um, but Which yeah, is it's really like, nice I, I, until I started... you run out of ammo for it. That was yeah. one of the things I hated. <laughs> like that was one of the things that made me sad, even in Halo Five, when they started adding in like those like specialty weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, once they're out, the they're out. Yeah, once they're gone, you're gone, and then you're just like, okay, well, I either have to like dip out and go back and refill on that, or I just keep playing the game. And yeah. most of the time, I was just like, whatever, like screw it, I'll just go continue mm-hmm. playing the campaign. I don't want to go back for that, and I would yeah. never go back to go ever go get it. Yeah, well, was, and and again to your point, like my second playthrough, I'm just I started doing some of the side stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this is just like not even this feels like filler like let me just i'm just gonna go finish what i want to do right this is all just filler um but yeah it was just again it was like it was it was fun but it opened i I don't want it didn't belong in a master chief halo game where i just wanted a solid mission-based campaign tell me a good story give me some of the cool action sequences which we didn't get a lot of either i didn't think yeah right? but i mean like along with that it would have been kind of nice if they had baked in more of the campaign missions into the open world like it really did feel like there was like two halves to this game and one of the halves was the linear campaign missions because a lot of them were either in like little small private areas of the open world or um, there was like maybe two, I think, two campaign missions that actually the, had you interacting and running around in the big open world space. I think there were two out of the tower uh, like yeah. 11 or 13. That, fir- that first tower, once you unlock the first FOB that you have to, um, or sorry, I guess it'd be the second one, right? Um, where you go up and you rescue that that Spartan that's been captured, right? Yeah. Um, like that was kind of that, you know, built into the world. And so was taking down, we saw this in the demo gameplay a year or two ago, um, taking down those turrets, those banished turrets, right? Right. Those kind of felt pretty good because to your point, they were baked into the game. But the other ones where you would kind of access them from the map, they took you into another kind of level. And it was just like, it kind of pulled you out of it. Yeah, it kind of pulls you out of the open world. So it's kind of like, it really feels too segmented to feel cohesive mm-hmm. um so i felt like that's why i felt like a lot of the the open world stuff was more or less a waste of time for me because i wasn't going for a completionist run and i didn't really care that much about getting um specialty weapons because it was going to run out of ammo and i was going to keep picking up a <laughs> i was basically living off of the uh off of the uh mangler anyway so i was just <laughs> like cool you know like i'll just keep pressing forward and getting on with the rest of the campaign. The one big thing that I kind of want to highlight though, which is a big disappointment for me is the very big lack of variety of areas that this open world sort of induced on the campaign, you know, like correct in every single halo campaign ever, 
you had a large variety of areas that you could go to, whether it be like different planets, like in Halo 5, you go from like a derelict ship to like a snowy planet to like Mm -hmm. a foresty and then a desert area or something like that. A lot of Halo games have that sort of thing, you know. Even Halo Reach, which all takes place on the same planet, has a bunch of different biomes. Yep. Even Halo CE has very differently thematic levels to it. I feel like adding in the open world stuff really undersold if they like maybe this was probably like a change in design direction like partway through sort of a thing like they wanted to do open world but then like pivoted and then decided to do the linear campaign structure so it just felt really weird um but yeah i feel like that was just that something that i was really really missing when i was playing the campaign is like man like you know, blue and gold hallways are kind of cool, but after like six missions of them, it gets kind of old. They they finally, after what two games, got in my opinion the Forerunner architecture looking good. Yes, but and it did look I, good. Yeah, the game I was... thought it looked real nice. That yeah, uh, um, I wasn't so hot on the uh, banished architecture. Um, I felt it to be bland. Um, and then the, the, the kind of, so they, yeah, we had what kind of, we'll call them biomes. They're not all like you had the, the banished architecture and art style. You You had had foresty halo from halo CE kind of inspired, um, architecture biome. And then you had the forerunner, which again, was like blue and goldish. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked really good. It did. Um, but to your point, I, that's one of the more disappointing things. And especially like. Like how good, like this game looked really, really good. And I'll give them that, that like the game on a graph, like on a graphics level is great. Like it looks so nice. Like even like a lot of them, like even the multiplayer maps, a lot of those just look so good. But like the multiplayer maps have some good variety to them, you know? Yeah. It it was really able to show off the capabilities of like the, the new engine that they're working with. And it makes me a little disappointed that we weren't able to get some of these like fancy dancy biomes or a little variety to the levels to kind of spice things up to keep the story moving. Mm-hmm. No, the, the, the game looks fantastic in 4k HDR. Um, Chief is gorgeous. It like, he's, he's looks so fantastic. I love what they did with him. Um, it's just, yeah, I can't stop gushing about how awesome he looks now. He doesn't look stupid, like from halo four or five. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and a lot of the areas look really good, but like I, I was just sitting there thinking, like uh, you have the halo, the open world Halo sections that um, they're all connected, which I think you know with the one biome works. But an easy way to kind of add variety could have been you're traveling to different parts of, of the, the ring, ring. yeah. Um, and and they could still be in this blown up section, which we haven't gotten much of the story yet, but could have still been in this blown up section. Just one could have been a sand area, one could have snowy area, one you know right. And then you could have added more variety there. But I think the lack of variety in the architecture and biomes really hurt it. It was yeah. just, again, really, I really noticed it on my second playthrough. It's just like, this is boring, you know, like yeah. banished forest forerunner architecture. Yeah. And yeah. especially those, especially those forerunner levels, it is just like, it's really repetitive. They really used the control C control V a lot when they were making those, those maps, because it was just like, Oh, here, we're going to light it a little differently. And you're going to come from, from this door instead of that door, but it's going to be the same room. And I was just like, there are some really cool, unique rooms when you're playing through some of those levels, but it was just like, 
this is so repetitive. It's all just the same. The same is the same. Right. And which I thought was funny is that like the one of the parts that I enjoyed the most was when you're inside. Um, it's close to the end of the game where uh, Eshroom is like holding you inside of like an arena and they're like recreating old UNSC battles or something like that against um, against various foes. And that was like one of the parts I liked the most because it actually kind of spiced up the gameplay a little bit too. It was mm. like, oh, that that's kind of cool. That's something that we haven't done a lot of was like um, doing like the sort of like wave sort of thing. Like you're almost playing firefight like inside the campaign. And I was like, this is like one of the coolest things I've ever played. Like this is, I love this. I wish I kind of had a little bit more of this. This it was it was great fun and it was kind of there was a little bit of variety because they had like a little bit of sand and stuff in there like they were kind of mm -hmm. recreating like a city battle sort of a thing so there was like buildings and things like that and that was pretty cool. I liked that and it made me wish that I had like more variety yeah than just you yeah. know big empty timberland space because I'll admit like a lot of that open world stuff is pretty empty especially like pretty barren yeah, when it, you notice it, especially when you're um, when you're on foot. Like if you don't yes. have a vehicle, you notice just how big this world is, but how little there is. <laughs> like those fobs yeah. are not that big. A lot of the fobs are not sizable, so like it it feels very empty. A lot of empty space. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely yeah. Again, the, my second playthrough really kind of just opened my eyes to a lot of this. Was just like. You know, running around i'm like this is boring like it, i think it was fun the first time through because i did a lot of the exploring and i was like well i don't know what's over here you know what's over here? maybe there's a collectible so you're like excited to kind of go explore this area and you do get some pretty cool sights and stuff like that um but yeah the second time through it's like this is it's useless over there i don't need to go over there and there's nothing over there so just keep going this way mm -hmm. and it's such a you know boring waste of space yeah i mean i can definitely see you know, I, I I feel like, and I think they said this in a, uh, I think they said this in an interview, that they were really trying to borrow from that sort of Breath of the Wild styling that they're that is what the big inspiration was, um, and I can kind of see that. I mean, like Breath of the Wild wasn't so empty. Like there was a lot of like, you know, like empty space, but a lot of it was. I mean, that game had biomes. It had, you know, they it did the open world thing. I feel like really really well and it did a lot of stuff where it was like you know one of the the like part of the design of breath of the wild is that you can go to these different vistas and areas and you can see other things that would be points of interest so that you're like oh like well what's just over there or what's over there you know like what is that thing over there that's like glowing in the distance i need to go and mm -hmm. see that you don't really ever get that sense in this game like because you can no. see where all the fobs are so it's just like there's no real exploration necessarily it's really just go to the fob and do the thing and then you're done wash your hands of it and it, it unlocks points of interest along the map and then you run to them but um no it's yeah. actually funny you mentioned that because uh back in my college days i went to gdc one year and listened to i believe it was todd howard talking about how they develop things like fallout and elder scrolls and one of their you know uh design techniques is wherever you're at in the world they design something, you know, if you if you look in every direction, you should be able to find something that kind of catches your eye. Mm -hmm. it makes you go, essentially makes you go like you, a lot of times, especially in those open world games, you get distracted. And you go, well, let me go look. There's a cool little tower over there. I, right. wonder, I wonder what's over there. Right. Um, and then you wander over there and then you 
whatever something could be there could be a monster could be the treasure and then while you're standing there you could kind of do a 360 and there's oh there's something over there there's oh, let me go check that out right you never felt that in halo because i mean there's there's occasional times i think uh there was one time i was exploring early on this through my first playthrough and i climbed on top of this mountain and i saw this broken I'm going to kind of look like a halo ring. It's a weird little ring thing. I don't know what they're called. Um, they're one of the seven collectible or one of the collectibles um, hidden around the map. There's seven of them. Like that was like, oh, cool. But there's only seven of them on this massive map. You know, otherwise there's not really, there was no other like, oh, hey, there's a cool forerunner structure over here. Let me go check that out. What's in there? You know? Um, right. Yeah. The old, the open world definitely felt like it was kind of like, good in concept but the execution was just kind of eh you know i mean even even uh where you could have had uh that was a good opportunity to add uniqueness to the world was high value targets but a lot of times they were just like the, oh they're all just over here on the edge of the map in the foresty area or you know over here in the middle of a the ghost the dude on the ghost whoever he was was like oh he's just hanging out in this main trail from one fob that's between two fobs it's like oh that's right it's like you know you could have you could have really designed those areas um where they were at to be a little bit more unique again add a little spice a little variety to that open world yeah and on top of that the high value targets themselves were really nothing more than just enemies they're they're just another Named. yeah they're just a little bit tankier versions of whatever the enemy they were representing so if it was like mm -hmm. an elite or something like that it was a yeah a slightly stronger elite but they, there was no you know, they didn't do anything that was like super different or anything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it would have been kind of cool if those, you know, they had extra missions or something like that, even like mini missions to go along with that. I feel yeah. like that would have been really kick ass to really want to go and explore and do other side things as if they actually had some kind of a tie, like a, a much better tie in to the campaign than just, well, they kind of just exist outside of the campaign and you can kind of do it if you want, but it's not really impactful at all. So, yeah. It's not no, that it's, impactful. And it's, uh, I'll get into this kind of complaint I have with the open world. And I'm sure you could argue, I don't play a ton, but I'm sure you could argue this with a few others is, um, and especially with like, yeah, these high value targets, um, they were easy um, because I could go to a fob and get a rocket launcher. I could get a, you know, a tank. I could get a war, you know, something that like literally will put me at such an advantage, you know, early on, like a, a, one of the high value targets was like, Oh, um, I had a sniper rifle with me, so I was really far up, far away. Bam, bam, he's dead, right? So if he even had really cool attack moves, I never knew because I was so far away and I was able to just, I was just, I was driving around my tank last night and I'm just like, let me just drive up to this, this uh, high value target. Two shots, bam, that was fun. Okay, clear up the enemies. Yeah, I killed the high value target. Right. Um, which I think is what kind of makes the game feel easy is because at all times you can be more powerful then pretty much, you know, due to your equipment, you can you can carry with you and always reload on. Um, you know, there's not really a challenge there. There's no like, oh, man, I should save these. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember days where I'd carry a rocket launcher throughout a whole level on Halo just so I could use it at one point. Right. Because uh -huh. I knew like, you know, hey, I really just want to make this part easy. So I, you know, suffer through a majority of the level just using whatever battle rifle or something like that. Right. Here was just like, okay, I can just use all this stuff on everything, you know, rockets on everything. Or in my case, once I unlocked that, that, uh, advanced skewer, um, that was pretty nice. So, yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think we're kind of in a consensus that the open world didn't really 
it didn't add enough to justify it, it, it its existence. At least that's my opinion. I don't know. Does that more or less how you feel as well? I uh, it, we haven't gotten into narrative, but I really thought it hurt hurt the game, yeah, a lot more than uh, it added because um, I you know it's my own fault. I could have just gone mission to mission, but you do get distracted, especially when you want to upgrade that uh, grappling hook and your your overshield. Um, you know that you do end up going. At least I ended up going getting a couple Spartan cores here and there just so I could make sure it was you know leveled up. So um, I thought that broke up the pacing of the game because you were too busy running around doing you know. Again, it's, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. You're going to have you two missions that kind of set you up on the story. This is exciting. Bunch of open world distraction. And then let's end it off with a couple missions at the end to make it a little bit more exciting again. And it's just not fun. It's not well paced. All right. So then let's let's dive into the narrative then to kind of, un, you know, let's unpack that. You know, let's uh, <laughs> what. So. Let's just start with a general synopsis, I guess, of the campaign. You're the one who's much more of a lore junkie than I am. I just play the game. I don't necessarily know, like, you know, the deep, the deep, expansive lore of the Halo universe. Um, but I mean, I have been following the story from, you know, Halo CE. I didn't play Halo Wars two, or Halo Wars one. The last Halo game that I have played was Halo Five, um, and I will just spoiler alert a little bit. This almost seems like it barely has a tie-in to halo 5 um so we'll we'll just jump into this real quick is that so the the premise of the game is that master chief is on board the unsc infinity like we remember from halo 5 and um this is i guess years after cortana kind of did her spiel now cortana is no longer a threat they are getting attacked by a bunch of um by a bunch of i guess leftover covenant called the the banished um which i don't i like i said i don't know much about because that was never really mentioned in halo 5 as far as i know um there was like a covenant sub faction that was trying to be evil or something and you had to help the arbiter fight them but um yeah so there you you're fighting a sub faction like this this new faction called the banished um it's led by uh, was Atriox, but then sometime in sometime he dies off screen, and this new guy Eshiram is kind of taking his place, and Eshiram is now the brute who is like the number one Atriox stand. Like he's got Atriox posters plastered all over his room, and he's got Atriox bed sheets, and yep, yeah, he's just like the ultimate fan. <laughs> yep, he's just the ultimate fan, and he talks a lot of shit to you throughout the entire game. Um. To kind of catch anybody up who's been following the Halo series on Cortana, yeah, she just she's dead apparently. Um, that that that's that happened, I guess, at some point. Maybe you can fill me in. Is this like a book thing? Is this like a Halo Wars thing? I don't remember where that was this supposed is, to happen. Um, this is a three four three industries doesn't know what to do with a Halo thing, right? So every game they've made, they do this thing where. Um, they just kind of destroy things or kill things off. Um, they don't stick with narratives and things like that. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. So like, yeah. To, oh, and they, I'm sorry. And they rely too much on their outside lore that they do. Right. Someone like me who I, I've been pretty bad at keeping up with the last couple books, but I kept up for a while and I knew what was going on, but there's too many people that don't read the books. And then they're like, what the hell is Halo 4 about? What is all this in Halo 5, right? You know, and then and, and now 
here we are in Halo Infinite again, third time's a charm. Not really, because they still did it. This this soft was it spiritual reboot or or whatever they called it. So yeah, like um, a soft reboot almost. To bring like new like if I was a new player, I'd still be confused as shit. As an old player, you're confused as shit. I was as someone, confused as shit. As someone who's only a few books behind, I was confused to with some of the stuff they're doing. But like yeah, to your point, um, Atriox was um, as far as he was in the Covenant, he realized they were stupid and kind of went off and made his own faction. Right. And they were introduced in halo wars too. Um, and Atriox is this big, bad guy. You actually at one point fight, if I remember correctly, Eshram is one of like the little mini bosses that you fight. And I swear I could have killed, but cutscene came up in halo Wars too. And doesn't let you kill him. So he should be dead. Um, but anyways, so that's where those guys are from. Again, nobody knows if they've never played halo wars too. Right. So if you just stick to mainline games, so Here's this big baddie that they just bring in. Um, Cortana, again, at the end of Halo 5, she controlled the galaxy and the, what they call themselves, the created all these AI. Mm-hmm. But magically... Um, yeah, the last that we saw... Halo is that- Infinite, they're just, up, like, like, you know, I guess hand wave them away. So, like, my understanding of what happened was, I think this is, I think Halo Infinite, if I remember correctly, is 18 months after the end of Halo 5. And it takes six months. It's been six months since the destruction of the Infinity, which is where you, the opening cutscene where the Infinity is getting attacked by the Banished in Atriox. Um, you apparently lose. Yep, Master Chief loses a one-on-one. Master Chief dies, and then six months later, you're discovered, and uh, Atriox is dead, and Cortana is dead, and the Banished are the big baddies, and they've taken over the ring. Mm-hmm. Everything's off screen. I don't know why. That's another thing 343 does. Is everything just happened. It's like, well, no, why? Like, maybe I would have liked to experience some of that. So that's right. what brings us into Halo Infinite, where most people are like, who's Atriox? Who's Eshram? Uh, where the hell is Cortana? Like, and why is Master Chief, like, waking up dead or whatever? And, right. Oh, and, and we forgot to mention one of the big, supposed to be one of the biggest characters in the game. I know it's not really it's an inanimate object in a way, I guess is uh halo um, Zeta halo. The installation 07 is like, Oh, that's just destroyed. A little bit of the ring is just destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like- so the, the, the plot of the game is that after this battle on the, on the infinity uh, master chief is discovered by, um, I don't remember what his, what his call sign was. It was like echo one, something, something. Echo um, two sixteen. Echo 216. Correct. Sure. Okay. So he's discovered by Echo 216 on a pelican, revives Master Chief. Kind of a neat little intro. They go and mess up a, a banished ship. And then, I mean, you land on Halo and you basically are trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Zeta Halo. Um, from what I gathered on the campaign, it's just mostly trying to stop the banished from. Basically, they're trying to repair Zeta Halo so that they can do something with it. Um, Eshram wants to do something with it because this is like Atriox's vision, basically. And then he's working with a new enemy called the Endless or something like that. I don't know what the hell those things like, are. So like I got- lost it. I lost it like the the angry type. I lost it, right? When they brought up the Endless and uh, I don't even remember which character was like, oh, and they're worse than the Flood. I'm like, what the fuck? fuck like come yeah. on like, <laughs> like really yeah and, and 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 again 
I think they're trying, they thought they were being clever with a few things of keeping it a mystery. But it, to me, it was like, okay, like, why don't we learn about this? This is not an exciting mystery. This isn't like in Halo CE when you learn about the Halo rings in the Forerunner and you're like, who and what are these things, you know? Um, and then you got to wait till Halo 2 and Halo 3 to find out more. No, it was this, this was like, okay, this is dumb. They're bigger than the Flood. Well, okay, well, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, so you, yeah, basically there's two characters that you you interact with throughout most of the game. And that's this pilot. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Um, uh, Fernando I, Esparza. Thank Sorry. you. For you, so you interact with was, Fernando, and you interact with Cortana Junior, which is basically just dubbed the weapon, which is just like you couldn't just give give it a name. Like I guess well, you yeah, could it, call it the calls like code name the weapon. I mean, I feel like that's a bit on the nose, but sure, you could do that. And apparently, her entire existence, you find out, was to basically just entrap Cortana and kill her. And it sounds like she went, she did that. But then you discover that that's kind of not what she did. Yeah. Um, but because like Cortana let it happen, I guess, because she wanted it to happen because it would get Master Chief to come to the ring. I don't like basically all she exists as is exposition. Like she's exposition bot and she just kind of spews like she's the one that tells you, oh, yeah, Atriox is dead. Oh, yeah, Cortana's dead. Oh, yeah. Like there was a bunch of stuff that happened and. Um, at some point, Master Chief talked, you know, like one of the things I was getting kind of bummed out about is that like as I'm going through all of these like bland forerunner hallways, beautiful, but bland. They talk about like all this shit that went down when Ooh. Cortana was just like becoming ruler of the galaxy. And I'm like, holy shit, where is that game? Like, I want to <laughs> play. They're talking about how like Australia just gets like annihilated. I'm like. Why can't I play that mission? That sounds fun. Exactly. I that that was my thoughts exactly. It's like you're just running down a hallway going, "Oh, this is really cool forerunner architecture." And she's like, "Yeah, and Cortana blew this up and 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 then the and they rig had to and do it's this, stuff. and then the, the Atriox, yeah, Atriox and it banished it. You know, they snuck up on the Infinity and destroyed it, and they fought it out, and everybody died. And then like. It's funny because even like in the audio logs, because that's some of the collectibles hidden around it. It's like, oh, they like these Spartans were over here doing this fighting, trying to, you know, can try, you know, a bunch of people are, uh, you want to see are stranded on the ring, right? And they're trying to get these little groups to fend off and, you know, right, and survive. And I'm like, even that's like pretty cool, but oh, oh it's pretty cool for runner walls. I wonder what kind of paint they use in I'm here. glad I can, uh, you know, grab another power core and insert it into a power core yeah. slot. That's pretty cool, I guess. That, you know, the, I wanted to fight battles and be you know so, participate in a really cool part of uh halo history but i mm -hmm. guess this is cool too yeah the the so much of th them trying to fill in all this missing information was just done through yeah that this uh the weapon just randomly saying stuff or you're walking through the hallway and people are saying it whether it's the the pilot or the harbinger which is this mysterious is is it endless or is it one of the endless or is it not you know like kind of you know things that is working with eshram to she's got her own ideas of something to do with the ring while eshram and the banish have something they want to do with the ring but they're working together um and i mean the weapon here's the thing i'm mixed on her this is one of the things where i thought she was really cool because she reminded me of uh cortana from halo ce this kind of like just fun energetic you know we're solving mysteries let's go but you know I, like 
but she's just a quick band-aid because the writers painted themselves in the corner like shit we made real yeah, we Cortana. killed her like we killed, we killed her Cortana, off and then we brought we her back her evil back. And then uh, we realize we, do? we don't want to do that anymore. So she's going to be not evil anymore, I yep. guess. Because guess what the weapon is? An exact clone of Cortana, right? Yep. Um, which also annoyed me a little bit because even from the start, Cortana was a very intelligent AI, right? Mm -hmm. She was designed that way. She was She's uh, AI based of Dr. Halsey's brain, right? Um, so smart. She's also like an infiltration AI, the smart security hacker kind of AI. And like one of the first things like the weapon is like, you know, like, when you find her, it's like, what happened? And like, like there was just too much of playing dumb. I get you're kind of a new AI, right? But you're way too dumb to be a clone of Cortana that was super skilled, you know, this infiltration, right? Like, oh, like, what was it their little joke? Like at the one of, I guess it's the levels you're getting out onto the Halo ring for the first time. The open world section is like that brute chieftain dude comes down. She's like, oh, the elevator's coming down. Maybe they're friends. I'm like, like, what the fuck? Like, you were here when we were fighting the Banish six months ago. Now you're just this like naive, stupid little like AI. Like, who are these guys? Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it just it just made no sense. I don't know. I just thought it was weird that they had mm -hmm. to just call the the weapon. I mean, the, I feel like yeah, like I said, I feel like that's but a little got on to, the nose. She got to pick her name at the end, but spoiler credits for all before she. You know, I'm like, again, that was one of those like. They were trying to be fancy, like, oh, and cute, like, oh, what's her name? I'm like, I don't get, like, just tell me your name. Like, she's going to pick Cortana, I bet. Yeah. No. I was just like, ah. Yeah. And I got kind of annoyed when she and Chief got into that little, like, argument and they got all mad at each other for a little while because Chief tried to kill her because she was like, yeah, he had outlived her purpose. And even she said, I need to die. And then Chief tries to kill her. And then she gets pissed off. And then she's like, why did you try to kill me? That's like, I, so I hate when stories, um, I don't know, there's probably a writing term for this, but when they're, they're, they force conflict on characters uh, just for stupid reasons, mm -hmm. right? Just like, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, wait, you wanted to die. Chief was scared because you were, uh, you were going to infiltrate something and it looked like whatever was spying on you in this, these set of missions you were doing had you, right? And he was not going to let something happen to you and his orders were to, you know, he was going to destroy you. Makes sense, right? And she comes out and she's like, yeah, why did you try to destroy me? I'm like, what? Yeah, oh. yeah I don't know. It's, I, I, it, I, it, like I said, the, this this it, campaign makes very, very little sense. Mm -hmm. So you go throughout this campaign and you're doing these missions where you're like trying to, you know, destroy like a big drill and you fight like a giant monitor at some point despondent pyre i think his name is and he's kind of funny i mean like there's points where like there is some good moments in the campaign um the dialogue was fairly good except i god I, i'm gonna mention this because i hated the pilot i, I was hated just, him he's so annoying up. yeah he was so incredibly annoying like, because all he is is just anxiety in a bottle is all he is it was, um, I liked him at the very start because he's excited. He found Chief and he's, he's, you know, and I thought he was going to have a pretty good story because I thought the opening of the game was was pretty good. Um, but as yeah. soon as he starts doing that whole worrying, let's go home, why are you doing all this stuff, got really annoying. I thought towards the end of the game, um, 
after we got over this whole like, well, I was just a contractor. I shouldn't even, you know, you know, I'm I shouldn't even, even be here today. You know, one of those things. Like once we got over that, uh, there was I, and he was more like, like. I liked some of the subtle things. Again, this is where like some, some part, I, a lot of bad in this game, but there was parts that like got me. And I thought it was really cool towards the end of the game when he picks up chief again and he's so excited. Hey man, it's so good to see you again, which by the way, that he was gone for three days. This is the very end of the game when you're escaping the silent auditorium gone for three days, but nobody ever mentions that except for the weapon, but you hop in there and he comes out and, and like, to me, this is where I was like, okay, I actually kind of like this guy at the very end of the game he comes out he's like you know basically like yo chief who are we gonna go whose day are we gonna go fuck up now and he's like he hands chief a weapon i'm like okay i got you fernando or whatever like let's go i like you now but yeah the rest of the game is like he is not a replacement for sergeant johnson no way the weapon is kind of like a mediocre cortana or or uh echo 319 (laughs) yeah um yeah, no, it was, again, it wasn't until the end of the game, but yeah, the pilot, just the constant, just, you know, again, that was kind of just like forced drama in the game that didn't need to be there. It was just, um, yeah. And, and again, we can even say similar things about Eshram, right? You mentioned it already. The dude is just all talk the whole game. He's just got this boner to to just talk shit about you. about and like oh, rule over Atriox. Our, yeah. our legacy and Atriox and I'm, you know, our fights, you know, like will inspire others, you know, and blah. I'm like. Yeah. Okay, and then like, you get to the boss fight and it's barely interesting. Like that yeah. boss fight was so easy that it was just yeah. like. Yeah, all that all that shit talking you were doing, all of that drama and the and the speeches and the you know and the 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 draw like the build up and all that and that was the that was the conclusion to to Esherim, is that like you just yep. get into a little boss fight. It's basically like fighting another brute. He's not he doesn't he has a couple of like I guess mechanics, so to speak, where you have to like destroy little fusion cores that I guess zap his armor or something and then that's it and then that's and then that's the end of Esherum. like all of that no it's up. not you take him down and then you're like you save the pilot and you're talking to the weapon and then Esherum goes back and he's like Rah! i forgot what he was saying but i'm like oh dude just die already like yeah take, you, take your asthma and just just go to hell like, right yeah because he's got like yeah he's got like really bad breathing problems throughout this whole time and he's old so you're just kind of like are Which you makes- threat yeah are you threatening like at all like- like where did like and i don't know was, who you are you're not like this isn't you're trying this whole like i'm the main bad guy thing mm-hmm. and then at the end of it he's not the main bad guy you fight the endless and the endless is the like last boss which was also kind of a joke of a fight and really didn't it, like like it wasn't even like a good halo ending you know how like mm-hmm. how you know the classic halo games you're like you know um I think, well, Halo 2 didn't have it, but yeah, like Halo 1 and 3, how you're like driving the Warthog and there's like shit falling apart and the explosions well, and it's like a race against time and all that. And Halo 2 didn't have a Warthog run, but the way that ended was amazing as well because it was a cliffhanger. That was, that was when Arbiter beat, um, oh shoot, I'm a, I, I hate myself for forgetting his name. Who's the, the uh, who's the what? guy he fought? I'm blanking on that. Who who did who did you fight in the? Uh, oh, the, you're the, talking. Yeah, you're brute, talking about. Um, completely um, blanked on his name. Tartarus. Um, Tartarus. Yeah. yeah. So you fight Tartarus. You. It, and that's kind of when 
the Arbiter's eyes are open to what the Covenant was doing. You find out there's seven Halo rings, and it was this this really cool ending where the Arbiter and Sergeant Johnson are like, "All right, we, we you know we're, we got to team up from here on out, right?" Um, and then and then you got again not a Warthog run, but you had Chief running running. We got to get on the Dreadnought. We got to get on the Dreadnought before that gets out of here, right? And you get on that, and then you get the fin, you know, you know, here to finish the fight type, you know, ending, right? So again, but you you still had your, you know, your adrenaline was pumping. You're like, oh shit! At the end of this, it was like, yeah, it's okay. So I guess I gotta cool. fight the endless. I beat it, the it's, endless. It's trying to unlock something. Okay, we don't know anything about it because you didn't tell us, and not like in a good way. Not tell us. Mm-hmm. You didn't even give us any breadcrumbs. They're just <laughs> bigger and badder than the flood. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I feel like the story just it really didn't sell me at all. It um it was pretty weak. To, to kind of fill in too some 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 stuff with what what you're kind of doing throughout the campaign. We mentioned at the start you're rescued, you have to escape the banished, you make it to the Halo Ring. What you really find out there is that um the banished and the harbinger are working towards a rebuilding the ring so they can build the silent auditorium, which we don't know what's there. Um, and the banished are trying to take over the halo because again, I forget where they tell you this, but you find out that the halo ring can, instead of being this just AOE blast, destroy everything. It can actually be directed since it's one of the original 13 halo ray. Um, sorry, I'm getting now getting a little nerdy with this. It was a much larger, I think a 30 kilometer, if I remember uh halo ring, there's a lot of destruction, some really cool stuff with the Didact and the, the Grave Mind. Ended up shrinking to a 10 kilometer, uh, which is the size of all the other Halos. Um, but the unique thing about this one is that you can direct that blast, that blast of killing things. So that's why the Banished are really wanting, or Atriox really want to take it over. Um, so, anyways, your missions are to take that down and figure out what's going on with this Harbinger, which you find out the Harbinger's motives are to unlock the Endless. And then, yeah, that's like, again, and you, you don't. Now, I, to me, they didn't make it clear of of what the endless and why they were scary, other than they were, you know, oh, you're so you should be scared because they're better than a flood. And then, like, I, I it, again, it was so hidden away about how the banished or the reason the banished were trying to um, rebuild and take over the ring. I, I forget where I picked that up at on my second playthrough. I was like, oh, it's it's this is a directed weapon not a just an aoe blast kill everything in millions of light years so again i don't think they did a very good so there wasn't that like that um like the whole time there wasn't that drive to like we got to stop this there was because the weapon was telling you to you know let's just defeat the banished but um it was just it wasn't yeah it wasn't explained very well and it was very confusing as to what we were doing and why you know and why why uh why didn't the banished who had air superiority just nuke everything that like you unlock the FOB. I was like, okay, cool. There's these big capital ships just come in. Oh, good. Wipe them. It's like, it's too easy. They're, they're, they're brutes. They got to fight with honor. They're like yeah. space monkey orcs. And, and, and you kind of touched on this already too. Is like, like Eshram is just, he's just trying to force himself to be this big bad guy and not once that I ever care go like, Hey, you're this big bad guy. I mean, even Atriox is that way. Cause you know, like there's, no, there's to me, there's nothing big and bad about Atriox. Cortana at least was a little scary because she got all her other AI buddies, which AIs control everything. Right. We saw that whenever she had, um, I, I forget the AI's name uh, that controlled the Spartan training facility 
had that AI blow up the Spartan training facility, mm -hmm. which by the way, again, that seems to be, um, three, four, three's way of, of, I don't know. I don't even know if you want to call it creating or developing story is like, Oh, we didn't like this. Let's blow it up. They did yeah. that with rec. We'll they did that blow it up. It didn't happen. It didn't they did happen. that with, think about it. They did it with Requiem at the end of halo four, right? That, that big forerunner world, right? Um, they had started building up what I thought would have been a pretty cool baddie named Jewel Abdama. Oh, started halo five. He's destroyed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, now we make make Cortana the big baddie. And again, the other thing that doesn't make sense is she's got the power and all these AI. She's got all these guardians. The guardians literally destroyed. This is part of the reason why Atrix was coming after Cortana, which again, we don't find out till these weird holographic things towards the end of the game because Cortana destroyed his homeworld with a couple guardians. Mm -hmm. And she destroyed o Oni and the UNSC headquarters on Australia. Like... She's got this power. Like, how did she like, oh, Atriox defeated her some way. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow he was just like, cool. Let me get my army and we're, yeah, I'm going to get my homies and we're just going to stomp you. And apparently uh, yeah. she was losing at some point, I think, which yeah. is why she was like, okay, well, I guess I can die now. Like those, like that was the big, other big scary thing. Those guardians could come in and like shut down, we'll say for lack of better term and um, detail, just shut down like electricity. Right. Right. She could just bring a guardian in, shut down like Earth. Bam. Like you're back in the Stone Ages. Right. You know, like you can't do. Right. So it was like, again, like a lot of this to me, just like they never told you or they, they told you some of this. They never showed you. You never participated. You don't know how it all happened. It was just Atrix defeated Cortana. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they explain a lot of cool stuff that happens, but we never actually get like to see it. Like we don't see cutscenes of this stuff. We don't see missions for it like they just kind of say yeah all this cool stuff happened yep that's the history so now we'll play, write a book now, about it in a year yeah, too we'll write a book about it and uh i don't know like i think one of the things i think they're teeing up for with this endless stuff which could be cool um depends on where they go with it is that they're gearing like the whole mantra of this whole halo infinite thing is that it's really going to be more or less a halo as a service mm-hmm and I think that's what they're teeing up for is like a very long term support of this game. So I feel like they're probably going to be adding in like, you know, expansive content to the campaign and building upon it. So maybe we'll get those um, diverse areas we've been asking for. And maybe they do something a little bit more with the, the open world and we'll probably get more. More information about what the story is actually trying to do. But yeah, we're going to end up having to wait longer for it because the game is not exactly complete as you yeah. mentioned with the, you know the lack of can't well with the lack of co-op and that reason being is that it's not done it's not like they just decided to axe it as a feature because it didn't work it's it, they couldn't figure out how to make the feature work within the bounds of the campaign in time for the release so it's this this is this is one of those games where i i know he kind of put out a little thing but I hope Jason Schreier is still working on like some crazy. This is what ha this. There's no way this is the game we got in six years, which is obvious. The state right. it's in, the broken and unfinished. Like again, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, uh, comparing it to some more of the modern first-person shooters like Doom and. That's. I'm just gonna stop there. Like Doom, because like <laughs> there's like the quality of that was put into the story, those levels, the detail. There's like a lot of just. A lot of detail, a lot of quality of life stuff as you're going through this. It's it 
we were talking about how it looks good. Yeah, it looks good, but it's also there's not a lot of detail. There's not a lot of like polish added to the levels. There's a lot of popping in the open world. There's a lot of LOD issues. The hallways look pretty, but there's not like that like uh, you know, the it doesn't extra, look next gen. It doesn't, it doesn't look like something that will sell the new Xbox or something like that. This looks like a very good alpha or beta or early access game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they did a lot of work with the lighting and, and the textures. So they didn't look all like Lego mega blocks looking stuff like from two, the demo we got two years ago. But you can do a lot with just a tiny bit of texture work and lighting to make things look better than they are. And if you stop and you you go look at the detail that to put in some of these more modern, newer games that came out in the last year or two that are first person shooters. And then you go look at the, yeah, the, the Forerunner architecture is cool. But there's a lot of like just, lack of love and polish and quality of life paths that went through it like you know it's it's just again they were just empty rooms that they put blocks and enemies around or right. um you know again I, I without having like pictures or things to kind of compare to um it's hard to kind of get this point across i think but there's there's just for a triple a game for a flagship game for halo this this, yeah. this is half baked this and is we know that like and it's i guess I don't know. It, I guess it comes as no surprise. Maybe maybe a bit of a surprise, but yeah, we knew that there's been developmental issues with this game going mm-hmm. back to, you know, all the way back to 2015 with like engine changes and staff changes and I mean there's there's got to be a ton of different developmental issues that happen behind the scenes of this game, which is why this is what we got after 6 years, you know. Yeah. Um not saying that that like you know, they they lose all fault for that, but I mean, I, I guess that would probably be some of the reasons for it. All right, so um, speaking of, I mean, yeah, I mean, this game is good, but it's frustratingly like good. Um, I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna preface as we go into the multiplayer section. Um, like I said, the gameplay itself carries this game so hard. The gameplay on its own is by far the best thing about this game. The, everything else besides the gameplay is either mediocre or buggy or just bad. Like, it's yeah. just... Unpolished, yeah. Unpolished, bad, whatever you want. Yeah, like, there, there's so much surrounding this game that's bad, which is why, like, I personally am so frustrated by this, is that the game is so damn good. And it's going to be, like... In my opinion, even with the multiplayer, how it is now, I can say that given enough time, just like the Master Chief Collection, how it was like really, really sweet idea. It was amazing as a product, but at launch, it was just garbage. Um, although that the campaign worked and it was, you know, all the cutscenes made it worth playing. Oh, the Halo Two, yeah, all the yeah. Halo Two cutscenes made it worth playing. But um, this is going to be one of those that, like, in two years or so this game on a multiplayer level is going to be like one of the best halo multiplayer games to ever exist i feel like just because that gameplay loop is just that good once they figure out all of the other stupid issues around it then it's going to be great yeah um so kind of diving into that one of the things that i want to talk about you know of course we need to talk about is the multiplayer so now mm-hmm. that the multiplayer is free to play, anybody can get on board, which I'm going to I'm going to state this first is that I think this was a great move. I love yep. this move by 343 
to make it go free to play. I know that this comes with the caveat of being of having to sell like skins and like XP boosts and things like that. I mean, I'm glad that they're not loot boxes. I'm glad that the battle pass will stick around after uh, the, you know, like I guess you could say the season is over, so to speak. So I'm glad that that is a thing. And yep. you can go back and buy whatever battle pass you want. That's great. But, um, and, and to go along with that, I think one of the great reasons, one of the biggest reasons why I love the fact that it's so free to, that it's free to play is we, we as the Halo community need more people. We can't mm-hmm. just sit and just accept, you know, just another Halo iteration because people are caring less and less about Halo as a franchise. And I think this move to make it free to play was exactly what Halo needed to just rope everybody back in, to get everybody on board, not to mention the like the crossplay of it. Now, a lot of people will argue about the crossplay because there's problems there and we'll get into that. Yep. But I feel like just being able to play with anybody regardless of where they're playing, I think is great. I mean, that's it, it's fantastic to be able to play, to get all of the friends online to play Halo Infinite because they don't have to go buy a $60 game or they're stuck playing it on Xbox or something and they can't play with me on PC. Yeah, you know, that that's what I love about it. Yep. Um the thing I want to get into first um is just the amount of problems surrounding this multiplayer. Um mm-hmm. Article after article since its launch has been coming out talking about how players are frustrated. Like, you know, the monetization model is not good. There's no progression in the game. Um, The little bit of stuff that you have to work towards, like the challenges are often um, not enjoyable to do or they don't work or like this is by far one of like the most buggy multiplayers I've ever played for Halo. It's yeah. Um, by the way, I want to rub it in. I saved it to, for the podcast here. I played like five or six BTB matches last night in a row. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I still can't play. Like was- I could I could log in right now and I'm still going to get those errors and I'm not going to be able to play. The first like- the first two times I hit play on B- the BTB uh queue was uh like I got some error. There's one where I was loading in and it just kicked me out. But it was weird. Like my, th- I was like, okay, we'll try one more time. Otherwise, we're just gonna go back to Team Slayer, and uh, it w- w- worked. I got in, and then after that, anytime because I don't get why that doesn't doesn't keep you in a queue to keep games coming. But uh, for five or six games after that, I hit you know play and loaded me in a match, and it was fine. Now I didn't do a lot of like, let me look at the the other players and see if people are getting kicked or something like that. You know, I didn't pay attention, so I could have been playing against all bots. I don't know, but you know. I was able to get into, you know, five or six matches last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's one of the major problems that has happened since the launch. Um, since December 8th, Big Team Battle has been essentially broken for a lot of people. And we know that, you know, the the team was exhausted from developing the game. And so they basically went on vacation and holiday and all that right at like shortly mm-hmm. after Halo had launched. But when they went on vacation, they left Big Team Battle in a really, really bad state. And a lot of people, especially if you're grouping up with other players to go into play BT big uh big team battle, it just doesn't work. 
you'll get kicked out of the queue. You'll get kicked out of the game if you try to load in. It disconnects you from the lobby service um, on occasion. I mean, the the couple times I was able to get into a big team battle game, it was basically like an empty lobby. It was like me and like six other people in the entire game and everybody else had been kicked from the game, which is like, that's unacceptable. Like that, like big team battle was such a great feature and it worked so nicely in the technical test. It worked fine in the beta, which was great. So you know, the couple weeks leading up to the launch of the game, it was working great. And I like, I really liked the big team battle because I was able to play with my friends and we were able Mm -hmm. to get people online who haven't played Halo in like, you know, 10 years because they just didn't give a shit about Halo 4 or 5 or whatever. Um, And we were able to play big team battle together and it was great fun. We were having a blast playing together. And then at December 8th, and none of us can play. Like none of us are able to play big team battle. Um, and it, it's even more painful when you get some of those like weekly challenges that kind of need you to be in big team battle to actually complete those. And as far as I know, even to this day of recording, they have not done anything to address that yet. They have said right. that they are working on a fix. They pushed out a patch, I think, last week, yep. but it didn't fix it. Nope. No, it's... Uh... Yeah, as far as I know, they they haven't... I haven't seen anything for them changing challenges based on, you know, BTB, but... I could have missed something there, but no, it's, it's, it's frustrating that that multiplayer has been in this state since it launched its beta on uh, November 20th, 15th, 15th. Yeah, it was like the end. It was 15th. like the second to last week of November, I think. So it, it's just, yeah. It, yeah. Again, this kind of goes back into uh, what we've been saying already. It's like, like when you're in, it's fun and you can have fun. It feels fun. It's great that you can play the cross play. Uh, it's great that, yeah, you can play with Xbox One people. You can play with Series S and X. You can play with PC. You can play remote if you had xCloud, right? Or Project Xbox, no, Cloud, whatever they're called. I don't know. It's xCloud to me. So, you know, you can play with all these different people together, and it's fantastic. But a AAA, and again, I hold it to a little higher standard since it's Halo. Um, the fact that this is broken is completely, in my mind, unacceptable. But also, um, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah at all and this isn't like well it's because uh, you know it's like uh you know a lot of games release broken and they get fixed later no this is like i saw this one coming from a mile away i knew this was going to be a mess right now luckily it's a mostly functioning mess you know and that 30 seconds of fun is there but um yeah it's yeah. still just frustrating but there's there's tons of problems surrounding this multiplayer i will say that i like the maps i like a lot of the maps especially the um the 4v4 ones um, so I like playing things like um, I love playing ranked. I've always played ranked in every Halo game. Every Halo game that I could have played ranked in, I have played ranked in. Mm-hmm. And this ranked is okay, but there are a lot of frustrations with that too. Um, one of them being, um, I'm not going to go so much into like the PC versus Xbox stuff. I know that there's a lot of issues that people have with you know, like the the PC players kind of feeling a little like they can't compete in the in the open play, um, especially at top end because you know the the bullet magnetism and the the aim assist and all that is really really good for controller players and mm-hmm. the the mouse and keyboard aiming is a lot less forgiving. So it's you're gonna miss really crucial shots when you probably shouldn't have. And yeah, that's just kind of 
I'm not going to go too deep into that, but one of the big frustrations that I know a lot of people have, especially with ranked, is that especially when you get into um, Onyx level, you start running into this scenario a lot where um, it's that really, really painful grind of, cool, every game that I win, it's going to be like, oh, you got two points. You got three points. You got one point for this win. And then as soon as you lose one game, it's like, you lose 35 points had that happened to me and it's just like it it's it's unbelievably frustrating and i'm mm-hmm. not sh- like i'm not 100 percent sure if people are able to manipulate the system but one of the things i noticed is that they can queue with people who are way way underneath their rank so a couple of games i've had this happen where um there's no way we were gonna win um and i say that because people will create like smurf accounts so they'll they'll be gold too but really their main account is like onyx 1900 or something like that mm-hmm. and they party with a bunch of onyx like 1800 players so it's really like a four stack that like knows what it's yeah. doing and they're against a bunch of pugs who are sitting at like 15 1600 so we end up getting slaughtered but they have one gold player on their team so that wildly shifts what the mmr rating is for the entire thing so of course this game that I just lost, that I'm supposed to technically lose, I end up losing like 20, 30 points for because it was like, well, the ratings were, you know, wildly in your favor because they had a gold player on their team, a mm-hmm. gold player on their team. I don't know if that's actually something that you can do, but it seems like that's something that people are definitely doing. Um yeah, there's a lot of frustrations with the ranked. And of course, yeah, that PC Xbox problem is what's making a lot of PC players, I think, quit because yeah. like they can't. They like you can't compete. And a lot of um pro players have said this too is that there is no there is not really a place for PC players at tournaments for Halo Infinite right now because they're mm-hmm. going to get outclassed by even, you know, they're going to be outclassed by controller players because of how easy it is to aim with the controller and there's there's a lot of bullet magnetism i was laughing the other night because i fired a was a i think i had a sniper which i'm already bad with like power weapons but i did like a 180 and i fired i was not my reticle was nowhere near the dude and i still hit him in the head yeah like it was above him and like i like it wasn't even red it was not like something like I started at his feet, so maybe I kind of got something. No, it was like I just turned shot and then hit him in the head. And mm-hmm. I was laughing because obviously I came out on top, but I'm like, this is this is bad. I mean, the other th- the things too that I ran into, and I'm not sure if you felt the same way, but I was playing with my cousin the other night, and I tried not to complain about this stuff because I'm a little bitch sometimes, as uh, <laughs> I think many of our listeners know. But it was funny because we were in this match, and this one dude was just not like nobody could kill him. Like we're like like. And also my cousin was like, hey, man, like, dude, we can't kill this one dude. Like he's like he would always regardless of how you started your little firefight with him, he always came out on top. And I was just like, I don't know if he was cheating. And I know that's a reported thing. But I mean, there's also times where like. I don't know if this is some of the desync issues that people are talking about. I don't know if these are just other issues people aren't noticing. There's times where. Uh, on a dude that hasn't been shot 
I can like two tap them with something like a BR two or three tap. I'm like, and then other times I'm putting like five or six. Right. And you know, and I'm not great. So these aren't all like headshots in any case. So to me, sometimes it just feels like, Oh, sorry. And here's another situation. The other night there was, there's, or even last night, there was a couple times where like full health, full shield, all of a sudden, like I'm dead. And, and it's not like there was an explosion. It wasn't like a rocket launcher. It was just like some dude killed me with like a sidekick in two shots or something. Like I sometimes feel like there's something here where damage isn't being registered correctly, whether that's you're, you're, you're given more or receiving more than you should or vice versa. Or like I was even thinking like some, maybe in my case, there's times where like I'm just dead sometimes and I'm going, I'm wondering if I'm being hit. But on my end, I'm never getting the notifications. I'm never getting the rumble in the controller. I'm not getting my sh- my shield isn't actually going down and going beep beep beep. But you know, back end code server wise, like oh, I'm I'm already close to dead because somebody over here is actually hitting me. But I'm not getting any sort of indication that I'm getting hit. And then all of a sudden, somebody dude comes in and shoots me once with a sidekick, and I'm dead. On my end, I'm going like, what the hell just happened? And you know, again. So I, there's been something with weapon damage and, and that sort of stuff for me. I don't know if this is just Xbox or if this is all around, but like sometimes, yeah, there's just these weird oddities. And I remember that being the same situation in the beta when we or technical test when we played in October was there was times where it was just like, something feels off with the weapons and the damage and the balance. It didn't to me, it doesn't seem as bad as now as it was back in October. But the, yeah, there's there's times where I'm like, how did I lose that firefight? Or how did I, how did I just suddenly die? Like, you know, there was no grenade explosion. There was no rocket. There was no, I get hit by a vehicle or something that can like, you know, one hit. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of desync issues with the multiplayer. Um, I mean, plenty of people, plenty of YouTube people have already pointed out a lot of the desync that has um, been plaguing the multiplayer and it does make a pretty big difference. And even more so if you're, you know, playing on mouse and keyboard and you're playing at high latency. I mean, I've been playing strictly mouse and keyboard this entire time. And one of the things that feels terrible is when you can start seeing that you're desyncing when you have like, when you can lead your shot or you fall behind, like you're shooting behind the target and you're still like hitting them or something like that, because it's the game is desyncing from your client. Mm -hmm. Um, on the flip side too, what really is bothersome is that that has a really big impact on melees as well. And I yeah. know that this is a really big complaint with a lot of the multiplayer community is that the desync plus the melee and not having um, collision on the players uh, is really, really problematic. It's really bad when a lot of people will, you know, like swing their melees and they'll get no lunge because they're not on the server's end, they're not technically close enough to be able to get the lunge, so they will swing, and they will miss, and then they'll get punched in the face, or I've seen this happen a bunch of times where you know, they'll get into like a BR firefight, and this person will go, brap, brap, two shots on one guy, this guy puts one shot on the other, they melee each other, and the guy that had two shots on him wins the fight somehow. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't understand, like, I've seen that happen plenty of times where Mm -hmm. somehow that ended up working out in its favor. Yeah, um, and I'm. I wonder if some of the desync stuff. Look, I'm. I'm. Mean, there's a couple other things I want to complain about with the multiplayer. Um, but we'll start with this one where I'm wondering if this desync affects this. Radar is already bad because it's just it's useless, right? It's so it doesn't go out that far. It's too close. But there, yeah. there was one time where I'm shooting, I'm shooting. I kind of had my perifs on my my radar, you know, waiting for some red because of uh, you know what I was doing, and 
And then all of a sudden I get meleeed from the back. And then all of a sudden this red shows up on my radar. And I'm like, did like, he didn't have invis. I guess he could have stuck up on me like crouch, but like the way he was moving, it didn't look like he came out of crouch and punched me. That happened about two or three times in the last couple months where I'm just like, well, again, I wonder if this is part of the desync issue. Again, I personally think radar also needs to be bumped out a couple meters as well. So it's a little, I get like, you don't want like, was it Halo one that had the really large radar where it was like, it was way too uh, something like that. Yeah. But this is completely useless when you're in those smaller maps and you just want to, you know, kind of follow, you know, it's yeah, it, it doesn't do anything. So, I mean, yeah, between, you know, like the the desyncing and I mean, the lag can get really bad. I mean, I was just playing um, like a couple of days ago and a few of my ranked matches, I got placed. I want to say on a European server. And that's a big gripe that a lot of like a lot of people have is that you can't actually choose like your geolocation or something like that. And they even punished a, I think they punished a pro player for using geolocation. I think Um, you can't change your region or anything like that. So I got placed in a server where I had like 230 ping, try landing any BR shots on 230 ping with mouse and keyboard with desync present. Like I couldn't win any fight. It was just impossible. And not only that, none of my teammates spoke English. So I was just like, <laughs> I was just yeah. playing this ranked game. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just hit the ping button a lot of times and just mm-hmm. hopefully they get the hint, I guess. But yeah. it was just like, it's stuff like that that's so frustrating on top of like the many amount of crashes that this client has. And I don't know if it's just a PC thing, but holy shit, I crash a lot. I, like, a, like a full-on crash to desktop. And this is like... I had four of my ranked placement matches. I, it was just an immediate crash to desktop. I was getting so upset with this because, yeah, like not only that, you'll crash to desktop. And then eventually what happens is because it detects you as like quitting, you get temp <laughs> banned. banned. Yeah, you'll get temp banned because your application crashed to desktop. And because they didn't implement any features like what a lot of modern FPSs have, like match rejoining or anything like that. Like Valorant has this and uh, Overwatch has this and, you know, like a lot Counter-Strike has this. It's a big, you know, big feature that everybody has where you can rejoin a match in progress. So you're not just completely screwing your teammates if you crash to desktop. Well, they don't have that. So I just I guess I have to deal with the temp ban. Mm hmm. I, I i'd say I never so one thing i guess we never started this episode out with was i did play on xbox obviously you played on pc yeah um i did not run into any crashing issues again there was those couple of times where it, last night where i tried to uh hop in those btb games and it just you know quit me back out to the menu for whatever reason but mm-hmm. um so it's either a your pc or a pc client issue right so um but it's also fresh like to your point with um you know, you know, trying to pick your re or not being able to pick your region to play in. Like, it's silly that it's great that crossplay is in there, but you can't opt out of it as a PC or Xbox player. Yeah, which the is only like place- everybody, everybody's added that has added crossplay, which is great. Usually puts in a, a option to opt out of it. Right. You know, and it's which just- is why a lot of Xbox players are upset because a lot of the cheaters are PC. PC, yeah, yeah. So they they have no choice but to just deal with you know my which pain is- and suffering. Yeah, um, which is funny because I'm sure on the opposite end, it's the same complaint about your bullet magnetism and and all that stuff. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the only place where you actually do get to decide that is through ranked. So mm-hmm. you can choose like a PC 
or mouse and oh, keyboard. Right. It doesn't really stop, I guess, cross-play. It just is input method-based, so you're a lot less likely to get an Xbox player if you're playing mouse and keyboard. But yes, you can't opt out of just of cross-play. Yeah. Um, how did you... This is a... Uh, I mentioned this in our last October episode about the the the, the technical test. How do you feel now having played as much as you did how do you feel about the enemy highlighting system oh i I love it i think it's fine see i'm completely opposite of you yeah no i I think it's it it does give like you can see people from farther away and it's like they can't be so sneaky and hide in like a bush or something and you know get away that's what i don't like about it not like i'm hiding in bushes yeah but i run into scenarios like that so infrequently that um yeah just I'm I'm totally fine with it because I think it, it does a very good job of um um I think it does a pretty good job of highlighting like what their shield status is at too cuz they glow like a lot brighter and mm-hmm. I kind of like that you can change the colors around too so yeah. it's you know you can like I think I have my enemy set as like yellow or something like that just because it well, it's cool and it stands out really bright <laughs> Well, I guess this is the case where we'll have to uh, agree to disagree because I, I like not that I was trying to be sneaky, weird something, but there was like I was popping around the corner. What did I have? It was a Hydra or the sniper. and I was trying to take out a, a vehicle and they were like on the other side of the map. And I'm like, this is cool. I can, you know, at least get a couple shots off at him. Try to and I pop out in in a half second later. I'm getting shot at. Him. I'm like, how does he see me? I see him because I was watching his vehicle move, but it's not like. I had just come up to the area I was at. There was no way he saw me outside of the the highlight. Um, but I, I just don't like it. The distance you can see where people are at, and and you know there's there's not that ability to kind of maybe sneak around or 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 not necessarily hide, but mask your movement because you're not glowing blue or red from very far away. You know, um, so I'm not a huge huge fan. No, you just sprint up to it. them. Their radar is useless. Right? Yeah, their radar is yeah, useless. Right so you just run around them. You don't need to hide. Um, I think the the last thing that I kind of want to note on, as far as like the state of the client, is that I'm a I'm really also disappointed that the custom games are very broken as well, and that's another big complaint that I know that the community has is that it's really hard to actually get a custom game to work, especially with like mm-hmm. more than two three people. They just it just crashes. That's all that happens. And then you yeah. can't like start the game half the time. And the lobby system really blows too. Like the UI, this UI for Halo Infinite is not very intuitive or fun to use because I remember um, I was just trying to figure out how to get into like my theater settings so that I could yeah. get like my clips and stuff like that. But like, like to get to that is such a chore where you have to like, so you press escape and I think you have to go to like, like match history and then from there you go and find your theater your theater clips i think it's like yeah like escape like this escape menu it's not from the main menu it's from the escape menu and that's how you end up finding your clips and not only that but the the ui for theater is pretty rough Mm -hmm. as well i mean it there is um um if you hit i think so there it tells you to hit like backspace or something like that to um to toggle a lot of the UI elements but when you hit backspace enough times 
it will get rid of the timeline it will get rid of the legend but it won't it also just gets rid of everything so you don't have shields or crosshair or medals or anything you don't like there's no score screen it's just a completely like blank canvas of just the game being rendered um they don't explain it but i saw a youtube video online about it that if you press n you can actually toggle the legend so that the legend goes away <laughs> and that you can keep the U, the rest of the UI so you can get the medals and the, the scoreboard and all that so it looks like it's actual gameplay, except the servers don't keep track of the gameplay super well. You've probably seen a bunch of my clips where like my gun is like stuttering as I'm moving around and things like that where it's trying to render the clips. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Like the theater mode is is rough, mm -hmm. and custom no, games it, don't work. Custom games not working makes me absolutely sad because I would love to get some in house games going, and it just doesn't work. I'm surprised you didn't mess it or, or or talk about. To me, one of the bigger problems as far as the playlists and multiplayer is the fact that lack the of play the lack of playlists. It's, it's gotten yeah. a little better. Yeah, but it, uh, so the demo was just what like it was big team battle and free for all or quick play. Yep, and which was fine, right? It just rotated through different game modes. You're like, this is a demo. This makes sense. We're gonna have all the playlists we're used to come launch, and they squash that pretty early before launch, which is frustrating. That was one of the things. Like that's actually you know I was getting good luck to get into those B2B games last night, but the reason I actually stopped was because I didn't want to play zones or whatever it's called. I didn't want to do the power seed thing. I was like, give me either like, I'd be fine with capture the flag. Cause at least that's fun. Um, and, or just, you know, BTB slayer, right? Let's just, right. you know, and I couldn't pick that. So I was like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and be a quitter or, you know, whatever, you know, suffer through these games. I don't want to play. And, it's just really frustrating that there's no just BTB Slayer or BTB Capture the Flag that I can pick. And it's frustrating that there's no SWAT. I really like SWAT and there's no SWAT. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't any SWAT at launch. I mean, at launch, what we got was um, Quick Play, Ranked, Big Team Battle. I think that was it. I think that was it until the first... Um, until the first event happened, but I think that happened in between the launch. So that was the Tenrai event, which gave us Fiesta. And then people were griping at the very beginning of the game that, yeah, there's no, like, there's barely any playlists to this game. Like, this is so weird, is that, like, you have basically ranked, unranked, big team. But caveat to that, big team battle was broken at launch. So the beta, I guess technically had a better multiplayer client than the game did at launch which is sad but yeah and, and and all these like little issues like this is where you were talking earlier where like oh this will get better and at some point this will be really good but that's the frustrating thing about it for me mm -hmm. is because it's not I'm gonna, right I, I, it's not right now and i'm gonna move on yep you know um but again, this is, again, that whole broken record thing. Like, I played uh, twice in the last two weeks with my cousin, and there was three or four of us on at a time just playing, you know, free-for-all. And it's a blast. It's it's Halo. It's like you four of you just run around murdering people. It's a good time, mm -hmm. right? It, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It, it, you know, even though, again, I have my complaints about, you know, like there's the desync issues. Again, we still had fun. My issue where I think, again, this is probably the desync, but we're like, oh, I'm not doing damage or I'm taking, you know, whatever, like 
my little explanation there was like, whatever. And honestly, too, I'm not even a fan of a lot of the weapons anymore. A lot of the new ones they added in, you know, and it's just like, but it's still fun, especially hopping in there with friends. Mm-hmm. And and that's the great thing. I mean, again, it feels like Halo. Yep. It feel, and it's it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's just so many other issues, though, that make you go like. It just makes you want to bang your head on the desk because you're like, if, I love this game, but I hate this game. Like, I it, love it, playing it, but I hate everything around it. If this was just, you know, Space Shooter Guy 7, you know, running around, nobody would be playing this game. But it's Halo, so people are playing it right now. And this goes for campaign and multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, nobody would stand for this if this was not a Halo game. I mean, mm-hmm. there's def- again, there's def- definitely plenty of the community there's you know that are are complaining and are not happy with it. But again, if this was not riding on the previous successes of the, the last twenty years of Halo, um, we wouldn't need, nobody be playing this. Nobody, we wouldn't be talking about this. And everybody be like, oh, it was kind of fun, but it was so broken. Weapons are kind of lame, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'd be cool. I'll yeah. wait for Halo Infinite. Infinite. Halo Infinite 2, Halo yeah. <laughs> Infinite more. Um, and I mean, coupled with the fact that we aren't getting Forge for like six plus months, we aren't getting co-op for six plus months. I mean, that was the sad thing too, is like, I remember I was riding around in a, um, during the campaign, kind of circling back a little bit. During mm-hmm. the campaign, I remember I was riding around in a Razorback. And I'm like, man... Wouldn't that have been fun if it were me and three other homies like equipped with like a sniper rifle and a rocket mm-hmm. launcher and all that. And we were rolling around just killing shit inside the like on the halo ring like that would have been so fun. But that nope. What like that, that's what I was thinking is like what if like that first week that halo campaign was out. Everybody's like look what you can do with four marines. You, you, you can give them like these super powerful weapons. Mm-hmm. You can give them the sniper like, rifles. And the- what if that was just you know four you know you know you and three other assholes hopped in the back of a razorback with rockets now obviously it'd be a little more chaotic because you're probably gonna blow yourselves up not the enemy but like yeah again that was that whole side of the campaign and again this this is fun but this would be more fun if i had three other people with me running around causing chaos and this is why i say that this is going to be a great game like probably one of the best maybe not campaign wise but multiplayer wise will be one of the best multiplayer halos ever Mm-hmm. once that they have the time to like fix a bunch of this crap and add in some more crap, yeah. especially Forge, because I think like, I mean, we just touched on it. Think of how cool it would be to or think how cool it would, you know, a cool of a game mode to take. You remember like rocket race, like, yeah. the mo- <laughs> like riding around on the mongoose with the, with the rocket. Yeah. Imagine doing that with Razorbacks and four people. You have squad, you know, you have multi-team and you have squads of four people just laying rockets at each other. And it's like playing Battleship or something like that. You try to just flip each other over. That would be cool as hell. Or playing like a like a don't touch the ground game type where you're trying to like you reduce the, the cooldown on the grapple shot and you're swinging from obstacle to obstacle. And, you know, you've, if you fall, you die and it's permadeath or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, no, I. Uh, to your point, I think once this game comes out of early access, it's going to be really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, again, it's just, 
it's hard for and maybe I shouldn't be doing this and I'm, I'm putting Halo on a pedestal, right? Is like, it's just, there's so much of this game that's fun. There's so much lacking. It does really feel like an early access or an unfinished and unpolished game in very many aspects, but the fun's there. I was even thinking, I wrote these down. There's only 10 maps, three of them that can be used for BTB. Now, I didn't do the whole, like, let me compare how many maps in Halo Reach and Halo and Halo 3 and Halo 4. No, I'm going, this game had six years of development and we have 10 maps. That's insane. I get you're building a new engine, but you can still design and build and create assets that are ready to go to put in, right? Like, it, it just is... And one when we talked about what we were going to do for the book club this month and when we were going to have our Halo conversation, one of the reasons I kind of pushed to having it as our book club and do it at the end of the month here is to hope that 343 would put out like a patch or a, something. a roadmap. Yeah. No, a roadmap. Oh, or that too. Yeah. Like, like the most we, we already, know is when Forge and Co-op are coming. Forge and Co-op. There's no update on like, hey, we're going to add some more maps or doing this and we're doing, you know, this is, um, you know, there's not even like, we're getting these little Twitter updates about like, oh yeah, we're trying to get a patch for BTB. Like, yeah, well, what about everything else? Like, 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 what is a little bit more detailed plan of what's going on? I get we just came out of the holidays and all of that, but I'm right with you. I was very curious as to what their plan actually was because without, like, think of it this way: though a big reason why they're making so many changes the the changes that they've made so quickly is because of the community backlash to what has mm -hmm. happened with the game imagine if nobody actually said anything and nobody whined about the game you would have probably to this day broken btb that really wasn't being looked into well that will probably be that would probably be looked into but like you'd still have quick play ranked big team battle and that would be it you wouldn't have you'd have the same progression system that is is totally weak you know that the the 50 you know 50 xp a game sort of a thing where you're grinding for literally five ever to try and get that battle pass leveled your challenges are still gonna suck all you're gonna get is just challenge swaps which is totally a fun reward you it would be all that default stuff if nobody had complained and it makes me wonder yeah like what was in the plan what did they have what, planned? What was the game we were getting next year? But no, we haven't even touched on that and we don't need to dig into it too much. Like honestly, but thing for the book club, we unless you want it, we don't have to dig into it. But this the season pass was an issue. The store was an issue. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Customization. I remember before the game, it's like you can do all this stuff. And look, the what they have built in there on how you can customize, there's a lot. There's a lot, or sorry, there's a lot of things you can do. There's not a lot you can customize because you have to buy or grind out this shitty season pass. It takes forever. Mm -hmm. um, and you're stuck and, to the armor cores too. I mean, like yeah. the customization options are incredibly limited. Yeah. You buy this thing and it doesn't, and I had to laugh because their newest event, they put out some weird spike um, uh, mohawk and some weird visor thing. They're not even straight. They're crooked. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, anyways, but uh I, 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 I don't know if I mentioned this too the other week when we were trying to decide when we were doing our Halo stuff is a big re another reason I want to push it out is I didn't play a lot of multiplayer because when the beta launched in November, I think I played the first day or two a couple games and I got, for lack of a better explanation or term, PTSD. It reminded me so much 
of destiny. And I got out of that bad relationship, right? You know, I'm out of that. Like this whole bullshit of a shitty XP grind, not rewarding you for being good. The, the challenges, the challenges alone literally turned me off of the game until January here, as far as the multiplayer, because I, I, I'm, I'm past this. I used to do it in destiny. Again, this is why I don't like it. Why Halo turned me off making you play a certain way or play certain playlists is a bad idea. And I know it works for a lot of people, gets people to buy XP boosts and challenge packs and makes, you know, people to jump different uh, game modes and go play like attrition or whatever that new thing is out that I have three challenges for that. I tried to swap out one of them. I was like, let's try this challenge swap thing. It gave me another attrition thing. I'm like, well, fuck this. You know, Mm -hmm. again, I don't mind like anymore. My mindset is I just cash. If, if I progress them, fine. But I'm not. I I don't look at them and go. Well, I guess I'm gonna try to get you know sidekick kills this time, or I'm gonna try to sneak up on somebody and punch them. No, it makes her bad. Um, it, it makes it makes people go in and not play the game to a have fun or play whatever the objective is. Yeah, they play to progress their stuff, and it's a bad design. I hated it in Destiny, even though I suffered through seven or eight years of that. But like. I, yeah. Like it turned me off. I got in there going, "Oh, this is literally sh- the same shitty design that Destiny did." Nope, and I didn't touch it for almost five, six weeks, whatever it was. I played a bunch of the campaign. I played through that, but it wasn't until two weeks ago I started playing multiplayer again because I was just like, in my mind, I was like, "No, nah, like, you know." Now you know, this past couple weeks I've been playing it, and it's like, and I, I again, I just I'm playing the game to have fun. I'm gonna do whatever I want if I get some challenges done cool you know whatever you know and i did from time to time but i wasn't like well i'm gonna just run around with the sidekick and try to get kills that because i need that challenge no it's just it's awful design yeah and i mean that was one of the bad sides of going free to play yeah you touched on that a little bit and i actually kind of forgot that this was a whole big thing is that a lot of people are actually complaining about people who behave that way specifically because of the challenge system and how it is actually ruining games for players because they'll have like Oh, like they'll be playing an objective game type because, uh, you know, at the time during launch, um, all they had was quick play. So they'd have like stronghold or something like that. But the guys, you know, they have a guy on their team that's never going after any strongholds or playing objective because, well, I need to get mangler kills. So, yeah, you know, this I'm just not going to play objectives because I have to go get like a killing spree or something like that. So I'm just going to go hide. Um, Not to mention, I was so pissed off when I was trying to get some of my challenges done and how frustrating this was at launch is that, uh, you know, I was, I had a challenge or something like that to get like five kills with a bulldog. And I was trying to do this in quick play and I was getting really pissed off because half the time I wasn't getting a map that had a bulldog on it. And the other time or the other half of the time would be, is that I get a map with a bulldog on it, but the SWAT, the, the spawns of the weapons change in between game types. Mm -hmm. So it would be like, a heat wave instead of a bulldog. Yeah. And I'm just like, how the fuck am I supposed to get this challenge done? Like, this is absolutely awful. What Wasn't there a couple uh, for like the BTB for like the Wraith and the Scorpion? Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's, let me, let me throw that out there for BTB. That's another complaint. The maps are okay sized. I think they're too constricted and there's not enough vehicles on the map. They don't come in fast enough. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, for you know like it would have been I, better I, to have like a spawn like they did in like halo 2 and 3 a timed like, spawn like yeah. maybe it comes in once or twice but it always you know when it comes in and it will be there and then to your point too is like 
well, I don't know if I'm getting the chopper or the ghost or warthog or scorpion or banshee. Like you, you don't know what it is. And I mean, random stuff is nice, but sometimes also being predictable is nice. Uh, so it's just, it's frustrating. Now, again, I made that argument of we need more vehicles, but the, the vehicles also suck as far as damage. Like, Oh, I don't they, know that. I thought the Wraith was awesome. I've, I've never, I've, I've only used the race in campaign. Sorry. Yeah. But like the Wraith one thing that amazing. comes in, the one, I, I, I guess I should speak on the Warthog then I'm going to talk shit about the Warthog. They slowed down the turret rotation and the damage it does to people. I get, you don't want to just melt people like crazy, but it's insane how like I will fire and fire and fire and fire and fire at somebody. And it just takes forever. I'm like, this is insane. They're running out in the open and I'm firing, firing, firing. And then they just get behind cover for long enough. I'm like any other game, that person would have been dead. Or you're driving around, you're trying to rotate the turret. Not quite as bad as trying to rotate the turret and hell let loose, as we found out. But you're just trying, you're trying to track somebody. You can't because it's so slow. Yeah. Like when you, like you have to kind of a lot of times either slow down the warthog or, or stop to be able to and it's it's like no i should be able to be whipping around in this thing just rotating around and and shooting at people and it's it's so frustrating yeah well i think we've definitely aired our grievances with this game Um, i thought we did pretty good with the campaign did saying good and bad but this multiplayer i think we got pretty pretty uh salty we we got pretty salty about it yeah i mean like i said to be fair I actually kind of like the sandbox. I like some of the new weapons. Like, I love the mangler. I think it's mm-hmm. amazing. I like the skewer, even though I think it's kind of hard to use. Um, the uh, the um, the dynamo grenades are probably like one of the best things that they've added to the Halo sandbox, like, ever. I love those things. Um, and I think the heat wave is also really good. I really, really like the heat wave. Oh, really? I was hit or miss on that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like, I really I think I need to get good more with that the vertical. I, yeah. The out. more that I played with it, the more I actually like it. And I think the bulldog yeah. is okay. It's not a replacement for like the classic halo shotgun, but it's like, it's okay. It's like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of the weapons I think are, are definitely noteworthy. Um, like I said, a lot of the, the, the competitive maps I really like, like I love playing oddball on, um, God, I can never remember the name of the map, but the map that has like the big power generator on it. Is that uh, Recharge? Recharge, yeah. I love playing Oddball on that map. I think it's so much fun. Um, same with Strongholds. Um, I love, I like playing Capture the Flag on the on Bazaar. I think that was amazing. Like that's always one of my favorite game types and maps. So, I mean, there's things like the game itself. I love mm-hmm. to play. I just hate literally everything else other than the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everything surrounding it is rough <laughs> everything surrounding it is terrible well man, okay it's yeah, yeah it's rough and it needs to be fixed and i do believe it will be fixed in time so I, if again, I, were I think to... it... go ahead I, I think it just goes back to like we we both love this franchise and to see it half baked like this is is frustrating yeah i mean i'm 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 very disappointed that this is the stuff that i have to put up with again because i remember being just as disappointed uh, similar to this when the Master Chief Collection came out yep. and it was in such a just piss poor state at launch and it was incredibly frustrating that I just up and just stopped playing it and until they released one of their big patches that fixed a bunch of things and mm-hmm. that's probably what I'm going to end up you know I, I like playing Halo Infinite even to this day I still like playing it it frustrates the living hell out of me so I don't play it very often but <laughs> I mean it's it is fun 
it is fun to play and I do enjoy playing it. And I really hope that once they start fixing a bunch of this stuff, yeah, I'm going to go hard on this game again. And I love it. And I think it'll like, I do honestly believe it will eventually be one of the best Halo multiplayer games ever. Like, like Halo Infinite and Halo 3 will be like this. Like the only reason Halo 3 will kind of inch that out is because nostalgia is a bitch. So (laughs) no, it's, um, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think multiplayer in time is going to be really good. It's going to be yeah, uh, pristine. I'm a little bit more pessimistic about campaign stuff. Is yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's not like they'll be, maybe be, they'll be able to go back and maybe like adjust some bugs, like Marines actually getting out of the way when you call in a, a scorpion or a vehicle and not having them lay down and just get squished by it, which is hilarious to watch. But you know, so they'll, they'll probably like refine the experience, but they're not going to go in and like, repolish the levels and stuff they'll go back in and add replayability which is insane they don't have that for this the the levels um but yeah i mean they're gonna they're gonna the way they'd fix the campaign is by adding more experience you know more levels more dlc or Mm -hmm. campaigns or whatever they're gonna call them and and this is where salty me is gonna be like i not that i'll always be hopeful it'll be good but i i don't have faith after three game, uh, four games counting Halo Wars two, you know, it's, and it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm kind of growing out of the story. I don't, I don't like the direction. You know, they're they're going with the uh, the Halo story, but it's just Halo four was okay. Halo five was a train wreck. This one is well, all the good stuff happened before you even start playing the game, and the rest of the time, it's like meh, you know. And now we got this something that's. Oh, bigger than batter than the flood, you know, let's go, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating. So I, I don't see how they're going to really fix the campaign outside of adding on to it. You yeah. Know? So at the end of the day, what would you rate this? What, what sort of fire would you give this? I have to look back at our newly minted list here. Mm-hmm. Um, As a book club game, where does it rate on the fire list? I would personally say, and this is because I love the campaign. Like I love campaigns and I love the Halo story. Um, and the fact that I was not particularly happy about that in the open world and the issues with multiplayer, I would personally say it's a dumpster fire. Bad. So not a full forest fire, but it's definitely no, a dumpster fire. Because, and the only reason it's not a forest fire, uh, awful, is because, as we've said. That that thirty seconds of fun is there. That gameplay loop. That you know they're gonna they're gonna make vehicles better and not you know start rolling when a grunt sneezes near you. You know they're gonna polish the this and that. But like, um, I don't know. Just the the campaign, the story isn't going where I want it. The multiplayer is a mess right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know what they're. It doesn't feel like they know what they're doing. And then we joke about it, but this really feels like an early access game or a beta or I don't know what you want to call it, you know? Yeah. Like a, like a, another technical test that's kind of advanced a bit further. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like, I get what you mean by it feels like an early access thing. Like it's functional, but it's got a lot of holes. Like there's a lot of the fun is there. The fun is definitely there. You can see where the gameplay, you know, where, where the gameplay is good. Um, but yeah, there's like all the systems and the tertiary uh, uh, 
like mechanics and things like that are just are what water down the experience. So I, I mean, I'm not going to go full on dumpster fire, but I will <laughs> say it's definitely a flash fire. So that's it's just to me, it's just an average an average game. It's and that's strictly because the gameplay itself has carried it that far. Um, gameplay is phenomenal. Graphics and music, wonderful. Like it, it's all great. <laughs> Um, I I know we want to tie it up here. I do want to say one thing about the music. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack is fantastic, but to keep um, in line and uh, with what I've already been saying with a lot of things is it's also a crutch. There are so many, I've, I, again, this is one of those, uh, uh, going back to campaign here. Um, There are so many times when I was playing through the second time around that the big moments, the big moments they were trying to develop in the story were all backed by Halo, Bungie Halo themes. And I thought it didn't hit me until my second playthrough that like, like they're, they're, they're playing on nostalgia. Yeah, I like like the the like the 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 little tank run as you're assaulting the um oh what's that 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 uh, banished thing at the end there I should remember what this was called um House of Reckoning when you're going to fight Ashram they're using like and I'm like and that nostalgia kicks in I'm like yeah I'm a fucking scorpion and I was like wait a second they're just like there, what? Where was um? I I, I forget the like when you in Halo Four. I, I thought Halo Four soundtrack was actually really good. And um, when you're assaulting the Didax ship and you're doing that spaceship level, mm-hmm. they they had um, uh, for lack of a better term, especially since I don't know the actual soundtrack name off the top of my head, they kind of developed a theme for Master Chief, right? Master Chief's like hero theme, and that played, and like that, like that still got you pumped up. Like we're gonna go fuck this Didact bro up. Let's go! And they carried a lot of those themes into Halo Five, and then here it's just like every time there was a key moment, it was always Halo Bungie Halo's themes. I'm like, I was like, that's that's awesome because I love that soundtrack and the soundtrack, all the other music they did for this game was good. The multiplayer music, the other music that played during, I love the soundtrack, but it was just a weird thing I picked out. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, this is odd. This is weird that every key moment they're using nostalgia to go again. That's why I think if, uh, if that wasn't there, if the grapple shot wasn't there, um, it'd be a pretty bland halo game. Yeah. And yeah, it was, Mainly because, I mean, and that's coupled with the fact that it was an open world thing. I mean, one of the things that I didn't mention, but I probably should have, is that even with this open world thing, one of the things, one of the key things that was missing from any, I mean, from this Halo game in comparison to a lot of the other Halo games was set pieces. There was yeah. none. There were none. There were like no set pieces that you got to really do. Like there's no scarab battle or anything like that. You don't see a scarab explode. You don't see a giant like walker thing fall into a crater like in halo 5 or you don't see any of the cool stuff that yeah you don't you don't see any of that stuff Mm -hmm. man i think a lot of that was because of the open world so yep all right so there you go you have our final ratings matt has called it bad i call it average um tell us what you think about the new rating system the, the flash fire and the dumpster fire Here's how we're kind of rating it right now. It's at the bottom of the tier. It's forest fire. So that's like the worst it could possibly be. Dumpster fire means it's bad. Flash fire means it's eh, whatever. A bonfire is good. And of course, the campfire is great. 
That's just how it is. That's how it yep. has to be. That's how we do it here. So get on Discord. Let us know what you think about the new rating system. If you have any thoughts about Halo Infinite that we didn't cover that you think are important to bring up, be sure to jump on Discord. You can find that at campfiregamingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Camp game pod uh, let us know what you think we'd love to hear your feedback regardless of the platform hope you guys have a great day great evening and of course we'll see you next time around the campfire cortana cortana can you can you hear me in there hey bitch i didn't fix i didn't figure out the crossword yet you can't go <laughs>